Hi, my name is Danielle Day, and I am the founder and the director and lead trainer for Open Up Yoga Teacher Training. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We call this Light Not Might for so many reasons. And today with me, we have a recent graduate. We have Audrey Virginia here. Hello. And she is a vehicle of light. <laughs> I am so happy you're here. How are you? I'm doing good. I woke up, started my day with yoga, which has been like not exactly how all of my days have been going recently. I've just been so busy. So I've been trying to just reconnect to my practice. So I feel really good. Oh, I'm proud of you. That subject comes up a lot about how when we start to teach, we get real deep into it and suddenly we turn around and although we're very proud that we've taught a few classes, we're like, ooh, when was the last time I was on my mat? Absolutely. How did it feel to be back on your mat? It was really good. I've been, I mean, you know me, I started my whole journey being a Hatha lover and then I transformed into loving power. And now that I've been teaching, I'm like, I need to slow down a little bit. And so I've been doing Hatha again and it feels really nice. And it like, when I first started, I was like, I'm going crazy. Like, <laughs> I need to do a chaturanga. I need to do an inversion. And now I'm like, okay, I need to just slow down and focus on my breathing and kind of remember what I love about this entire process. Oh, that's awesome. And you know, what I loved when I met you was that you had been practicing Hatha. And so you were really clear about the themes, about going from nothing to something to nothing, compression extension. Mm. Remind us how or share. How long had you been doing yoga before you did teacher training? Um, I have been practicing since December 1st of last year. And when did we start teacher training? Like late March. So yes, that would be four months-ish, about three and a half, four months. It's wild. <laughs> it, it is cool. Can you tell the story if you don't mind? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm like, the, the story is, let's see. I'd been doing yoga on and off my whole life, like once, maybe twice a year. And I just hated it. I was like, like, you couldn't pay me to go to a yoga class, <laughs> especially hot yoga. I couldn't handle the heat. People kept saying that downward facing dog was a resting position. And I was like, um, no, it's not. <laughs> um, but then I woke up and my boyfriend and I were in a long distance relationship at the time. So I was in Portland where he lived and I woke up and I just was like, I don't feel like myself. I feel really disconnected from my body. I just, everything feels wrong. And I had just quit my job. And so I was like, I had all this free time. And so I was like, I need to go home and see my mom. Went home to see my mom and she was like, okay, I'm going to this thing called booty yoga tonight. Um, they have a two week intro. You should just come with me. It's not like yoga, yoga. It's like dancing yoga. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I will trust you. She's my mother. I have to listen to what she says. <laughs> and we went to booty, which is the way I describe it now is like 25% power yoga, 25% core work, and then 50% tribal dance. And by the end of that class, I felt 100% myself. I was crying. I had had some sort of energetic release. And I went up to the lady that worked there and I was like, I don't know if I like yoga yet, but do you guys have more of these booty classes? And so I went to booty twice that week. But since I had the two-week intro, I used it every single day. I had all this time on my hands. And so by the end of the two-week intro, I was once again asking the people who worked here if they had any jobs that I could take. 
And they said that I could clean for membership. And I was like, that's fine by me. I just need something to cover my yoga. (laughs) And then within a month of doing that, I was being offered the manager position. Woo! Congratulations. Thank you. That is just the coolest story. And then I loved meeting you in teacher training. And it was was quite magical. I can't (laughs) lie. (laughs) One thing that I really love about our tradition is that we don't meet people before they enroll. We don't screen them or, you know, people don't have to apply. Mm-hmm. I just send out the universal gratitude memo to the universe and say, thank you for the magnificent outcomes. Mm-hmm. And look at how that <laughs> paid off. I mean, friends, the thing I love about Audrey is that she's just so Audrey. Okay. And she's smart. She works really hard. And I never saw anybody ramp up that fast from being so new at the practice. And what was it, a good couple of weeks in deep before I learned that you had a little idea in your head that I would have (laughs) lost it if I knew what that idea was. And then you shared what you Oh, yeah. I do recall. With, with, with. Um, you brought in another alum and we did some tarot readings and just kind of got all our feelings out there. And I had been keeping it inside that like I was really new to the, tradi- to the tradition of yoga and I just really wanted to expand my practice and I loved how Open Up gave me that magic I was looking for. It showed me the abundance that I was looking for or that I already had, but that I needed to see. And I was like, I think this is what I need from this. I don't know if I'm going to teach after teacher training. And the alum that brought in the tarot cards and the oracle cards, he looked at me. I didn't say a word. And he looked at me and was like, oh my God, you're not planning on teaching after this. And everyone's jaws dropped and they were like, Audrey, (laughs) what is going on? And I was like, dude, I've never told anyone that. How did you figure that out? And it wasn't until I had that conversation with the people involved, like my fellow like people in Team Citrine with you. Team Citrine. Team Citrine. (laughs) Um, It wasn't until I talked about it with the people that were in it with me that I was like, okay, I think I need to push through this anyway and see what I'm capable of because I think that I would actually be a great teacher if I really set my mind to it. It's just that I'm a perfectionist and I want to do everything so well that I don't, and I don't want to disappoint myself. So it was always like, I don't know, is this something I should do? And I even thought that after a month or so of teaching, I was like, dude, is this where I'm supposed to be? And then it, something clicked and I was like, hell yeah, I'm Woo! supposed to be a yoga teacher. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy because you teach great classes. I've been hearing word on the street. People are loving what you're doing. Thank you. How many classes do you think you've taught so far since you graduated in the earliest part of June? Um, Let's see. I think I started teaching something like five days after graduating. Nice. And I've probably taught, let's see, it's been... What, about eight weeks? Probably somewhere in like the 30s or 40s. You've already taught over 30 classes. I've been teaching like almost every other day. I've been, I have two regular classes and I try to sub three times a week, but 
it's just been a whirlwind. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. Thank and so you. let's shout it out. She's at Get Zen. Let's yes. give it up for Tiffany. Tiffany's amazing. Get Zen is like the only studio, like I said before, I'd never liked yoga. So Get Zen was the studio that just clicked with me. The people are so chill and the instructors are great and they really do have a great community of students that you really bond with. Um, The only other studio that I've really found that I connect with is B1 in Kirkland. That's a sister (laughs) tradition right there. I love it. Yeah, Tiffany was a student where I was a manager way back in the day. So it was really cool to see her fall in love with yoga Mm. and fall in love with somebody next to her in yoga. And then they got (laughs) married. I love this so much. And then just watching her open her studio and grow her community to three. And one thing I celebrate about her as a yogi is she just wants everyone to find the right class for them, the right studio for them, the right teacher for them. And I love how she'll just say it right there in class. She's like, thank you for coming to class. If this isn't your jam, keep looking for it. You know, just get out there and keep getting on your mat and finding what works for you. And I just, I love that. It's that aparigraha, right? It's totally non-grasping. Yeah. Yeah, There's always an option. I feel like that's where I got stuck in the past is I was like, if I don't like these people, I'm not going to like anybody's style, anybody's flow sequencing or anything along those lines. And now I just go to class because class is happening and (laughs) whoever's there is who I get, man. (laughs) Audrey, my heart is so full. Friends, that's the goal. If we do our jobs right as teachers, we can literally look in everyone's eyes and say, hey, don't worry about the class, who's teaching it or what the style is. We know how to take care of you. So you just commit to the time and days that you can come. We'll make it work for you. You do You do mm-hmm. the hard part about just showing up. Yeah. But like if we're also teaching the five facets of a brilliant class, it doesn't matter who's teaching. Very true. And Very someone true. brings something lovely every time. And even if we experience some contrast on the mat – it's our call to just be grateful for learning a little bit more about what we like. Totally. That has been that's been the biggest lesson I think I've learned since starting teaching is I'm starting to understand more which instructors I love and why and it's helped my teaching a lot. Nice. Like I have like I'd say four instructors that every single time I go to their class, I leave feeling like a better student and a better teacher. That's and so, so I cool. just I try to go to those. I try to go to the people that give me strength and give right. me confidence. What are the qualities of a teacher that meets your needs that way? What are the practices? What are the behaviors? What 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 can you put your finger on? I like let's see. I like when people don't talk too much <laughs> That's because otherwise, and I, that was actually a note I received for my own class last week was that sometimes talking too much can be distracting. And it was, I was so torn over it because I agree. I I want, sometimes I want my instructor to just kind of shut up a little bit. But that day I had three brand new people that had never done yoga. So gotcha. I had to, I had to cue a little bit more intensely and a little bit more consistently. And so I was like, at that point, do I need to cater to the senior students who are going to do their own thing anyway, or do I need to cater to the people that don't know anything and I am their guide? See, I love that you have that sensibility of the levels in the room. And friends, what we can really put our finger on is when do we need the talk? Example, bring your hands to heart center and set your intention. Mm-hmm. Okay, good time to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> or say the posture 
so that they can just get right in. Mm-hmm. All kinds of words before entering the pose, that's just a speech. Totally. Absolutely. What's another time where you are making a choice to let silence do the heavy lifting? Well, I teach mostly Hatha. I try to teach one power a week to keep it fresh, but I teach mostly Hatha. And when I'm doing something like dancer, um, something where they're focusing and they don't want to hear me talking, they are trying to balance or they're trying to just not fall out of the posture, that's when I like to shut up. That's so savvy. (laughs) I try. Well, gosh. One thing I was really excited to to celebrate with you is your authenticity. Thank you. And dude, your taste in music. <laughs> it's oh my god, music has been stressing me out, man, cuz I'm like I love crafting and curating a playlist for a class. And if it's not right, I will not let them hear it. But when I'm in when I'm practicing, I don't hear their music. So Isn't that so cute. <laughs> yeah. It, it just <sighs> it impacts me so much at from the teaching perspective where I'm like, this isn't right. Oh my God, I need to fix this one tiny little song that's like a minute and a half long. And I'm like, I need to get that out of there and until it's right. But I love making music for the classes. And it's so wonderful that you can teach. And have bandwidth left over to evaluate your choices in your carefully curated playlist. And you're right, though, to remember, we're the only ones suffering. You know, our students, mm-hmm. they've got enough on their minds. Has it helped you become more passionate, with compassionate with yourself as a teacher? That has been something, I'd say that's like the biggest thing I've learned overall is remembering that it's not about me. And because when I first started teaching, I was just assuming people were like angry. (laughs) I don't know why. I was like, especially teaching at Redmond Ridge where the the students are not not by any means senior students. They are building their practice from the ground up. I've had people literally like when I teach, when I'm cueing Utkatasana or chair, um, they'll literally just stand there and watch me and look at me angrily. And I'm like, you are paying for me to teach you this. I'm not doing it because I hate you. Like, <laughs> And so I had to get out of my brain. And like, I think that was just me being an insecure new teacher. But the more that I teach to senior students, the more I understand that it is in no way about me. It is about the students. And once I can take my ego out of it, Aww. this goes for music as well. Like once I remember, they don't care (laughs) and they are there for their personal practice. It makes me feel a lot less pressure. That that's the thing right there, isn't it? The ego. What was that memo that you picked up in training about people's emotions and our assumptions about them? Oh yeah. That it was mostly, um, I think you said this a lot when we were learning about yin and restoratives, but I found that this is true for all classes, which is never assume anyone's experience. Because like when I was teaching yin, you'll just say a few words and then shut up. And then you're like, so many things are going through your brain. Like I could be like, oh my God, they probably hate this posture. Like maybe I'm bendier than they are and they're just really uncomfortable or something, something, something. And then I have to remember that whenever I take classes, I'm never thinking about, wow, this instructor really is sucking at this right now. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's the thing. No one's there to judge you. They're just there to have a good time. Mm -hmm. So is there a mantra you say in your head when you make an offering for dialogue in yin, for example, and then you zip it for most of that five-minute interval? What's your mantra? Do you have one? Um, No, I don't have a mantra, but I just try to remind myself that when I am in class, I appreciate silence. Yeah, I love that. 
I love that. My mantra, because I'm a talker, <laughs> is I'll make an offering and then I'll just, I'll try to count to 30. Yeah. And I never get past 12. <laughs> but then I always say to myself, it's not my turn. It's not my turn. It's not my turn. It's right. It's not my turn. That's but, smart. Ugh, I'm just so grateful because when you were in training, you brought this really awesome mindset. How would you capture this to describe it? Because it's like you're an art history major, so you have a degree in art history. So you have a real sense of classical learning, you know? And then you brought in the memo. I think it was you that said the size of your ego is the size of your suffering. Like right away. I think that was hell, actually. Ah, okay. I remember because we all wrote it down and I was like, yeah. say it again, yeah, say it say again. It again. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's. But your freedom to give yourself permission to be Audrey. Like, I'm excited for you to chat a little bit about what inspires you. I mean, you're so into the crystals and the oracle cards <laughs> and essential oils. Can you nail down, like, a regimen that you're just sh eager to share with people? I'm loving your glitter. Isn't that <laughs> the you. best part of the practice is to say, this day is special, so I'm going to put glitter on because exactly. this day counts. Yeah. I feel like the biggest thing that I have found to be true about myself is that I'm always changing. So if I look at where I was a year ago, you couldn't have paid me a million dollars to believe where I am right now. Like I was working in fast fashion. I was smoking cigarettes. I was barely eating anything. Like I was unhealthy mind, body, and spirit. I had a completely different set of friends. And now I like all of my friends, my birthday was last week and everybody, <laughs> thank you. Everybody was messaging me and they were like, you just look happy. Your eyes just look happy and peaceful. And I was like, thank you. I feel happy and peaceful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say something that has helped me is I try to just find and seek out beauty in things that may not normally seem beautiful. It makes everything a little bit more of a ritual. I feel like getting out of the shower and putting lotion on and then putting on some essential oils and lighting a stick of incense and chilling out and putting some tunes on that's a lot more fun than getting out of the shower wiping off and then getting on your phone right. like it makes the day feel more yeah. special it makes you as a human being feel more magical which is all I'm trying to do man <laughs> that's so cool yeah you are magical yeah your vibe like when I first met you I was just like dude welcome to training part of me would have died inside if I knew you had harbored a secret that you maybe weren't going to be a teacher I'm a teacher now I'm where everything's fine <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And the fun of meeting your family and mm -hmm. about learning about your journey, does this inspire you as a teacher? You know, you've come from a tough place sometimes, and you've got some healing. We all do. How do you hold space for your students and kind of, like, serve in that way? Hmm. I just try to remember that I don't know what these people are going through. Every single person that you have ever met has a story that you don't know about. And most of the time from what I have learned, if people are there in a hot yoga room, they they have some stuff to get like out of their out of their minds, out of their bodies, yeah. out of their spirits. So I just try my best to bring my authentic personality to the classroom and hope that other people feel that they can be themselves. Um, and that's, I often get anxiety about that because some of my favorite instructors, they, it feels like they're, they're there and they are teaching. 
and I feel like I don't get to see any of their personality. And so I w- I'm often torn where I'm like, should I be showing my personality or is this 100% about my students? And is it beneficial for my students if I am giving them a piece of me? And I think I'm starting to learn a little bit more about that balance. And yeah. I do think I like giving a little bit of myself to my students. Well, I just remember being in your shoes as an early career teacher, being technically correct, being very proud of what I had gathered and was eager to offer. But then I remember giving myself permission to be a little myself. Mm-hmm. And those were the classes where people would come out and be like, okay, <laughs> I get you now. And I feel like I know you better now and I'm on board. You yeah. know, and you're like, okay, well, uh, don't feed the beast. We could really create a monster here. We're not trying to have a <laughs> show, right? right? So a little goes a long way. But isn't that neat to feel brave enough to take that courageous step mm-hmm. and to be received in that way. So what's an example of just being yourself in a moment? Um, <laughs> last week I was teaching Hatha and I could not remember for the life of me how to say Dandayamanabibhaktapadapashimotanasana. Uh, I, I couldn't, re- <laughs> I know, shocker, right? I, cu- I couldn't even remember which word it was. And so I was like, everyone take a quarter turn for Dandayamanabib... I'm so sorry, guys. I don't know. It's a really long word. And everybody just was laughing. Oh, that's and, so sweet. And I was just trying to make it funny because I like to laugh. So. Well, and we all need permission to give ourselves grace. Totally, right? I was like, I'm not just going to – I've done that before accidentally. I've given a different name of a, the wrong posture. And I'm like, no one knows but me, but I know. And, and I feel guilty about it. There's a tally sheet in your brain. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that was three wrong words today. Like – Awesome. I literally think there's no student going, um, that was Janu Shirasana. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, gosh, what else surprised you or you've learned about it as a lesson of teaching that is like something where you're like, dude, the weirdest thing happened or like this epiphany came to me. Like, is there like a wacky thing that's happened in these last 30 to 40 classes where wacky you're like, things. that was unexpected and I learned something about how to handle something? Um my speaker turned off <laughs> in the last 10 minutes of class. And I was literally just like, would you guys prefer silent stretching or music out of my phone stretching? And they were all like, um, I don't, I don't know. Like you can pick. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> I'll play it out of my phone. And it sounded awful. But what I did is I asked for singing bowls for my birthday. So now I'm trying to bring my singing bowls into class. That's such a good idea. And use those just in case the speaker craps out. Right. But also in my intermittent Shavasana and my final Shavasana, I think doing a singing bowl would be really fun. That's awesome. And Kat showed me how if you take a phone and you put it into a cup, yeah, it's like a speaker. I'm thinking, <laughs> and then with the bowl, that's even more. Yummy. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, but I don't know. I'd say for the most part, everything has gone as planned. Um, I've only had it happen a few times in power classes where I'll like mix up my sides or do something like like twice on one side, and I'll just apologize to them. But I just I feel like since I've been teaching Hatha, and I feel really strong with it. It's basically like I'm forming a script. I'm finding what works. I'm playing around with different ways of saying things. Good. Well, good job. I'm so happy that you got to take the training and you got to learn three formats. Mm -hmm. You got to teach three formats at the end. You know, you had a verbal final for Hatha. You had one for Power. 
and you had one for Yin. Mm -hmm. And the very next week, you started gigging. I'm so happy for you. As far as your goals, what's next for your adventure? Because as I recall in training, we pretty much carved out a reality TV series (laughs) with you and Elmar Abundance, by the way. Yes. who we were speaking of earlier, and we'll have to tag him. Yes. And hopefully sit him down for a podcast sometime. But I, I would love to, to do a TV show. I think we should call TLC and make it happen. <laughs> what, was our, what was our pitch for the Bravo um, channel? Basically that Elmar and I would go around and I think it was like design people's houses based on like their oracle cards and their auras and their energy and like basically work through their traumas and like fix their homes, which is just hilarious and ridiculous. <laughs> It was just like such a salient concept because when you get up in the morning and you set yourself on an intentional path for an intentional day, it reminds me a lot of when you guys moved and you showed us pictures mm-hmm. Yeah, of your space. I, that's something Ashton, my boyfriend, was actually just telling me the other day. He was like, I don't know what it is about you, but you just know how to make moments. You make like everything around you, you just want it to be perfect. So like my space, I spend so much of my time in my in my room that when I moved, we moved during teacher training, I think it was like halfway through. Um, I It took me a lot of effort and energy to make it exactly how I want it because I spend a lot of my moments and my memories in that space and my experiences. So I like to make my space and my outfit and my whatever essential oils I'm using for the day or whatever it is, I like that to be a part of the experience mm-hmm. and yeah. I like it to be part of what I will remember. Yes. And so making cozy, comfortable, like unique, authentic spaces is something I really enjoy doing. I love it because that's kind of how you make us feel when you teach. <laughs> Everything is on purpose. That's what I try to do. Yep. And it's with purpose. And there's an intention behind it. And at this tender young age and phase of your young life, what a wonderful path that you're creating. When you experience contrast, what's your first couple of go-tos? Like when things maybe surprise you, when unexpected things happen. In life or in yoga? Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'd say my first thing when I experienced contrast and something that got me through teacher training actually was um, journaling. I, it's like when I journal my crazy jumbled up brain and my like fiery emotions, I can get them all out onto paper and then I can organize them. And so journaling helps me a lot. It also helps me take a step back because when I'm feeling crazy or if I'm like fighting with somebody that I love, then it's a lot easier to break it down and look at it from an outside perspective. Because if I can read my crazy mumbo jumbo and be like, oh yeah, I'm still right, then I'm probably right. (laughs) But if I can take a step back and look at it and go, all right, you seem a little frantic. (laughs) Like let's let's take a step. That's what we say in yoga is be the seer, Mm -hmm. be the witness, get some altitude on it, stop, drop, do gratitude. But what a good way for you to be so healthy in your self-care, to take a moment to write it down and just be objective about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the healthiest things. And since you're the manager here at the Bellevue location of Get Zen, located conveniently next to Mercury Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Love. 
that place. I love that place, but it's so expensive. <laughs> they have really good lattes, though. I can't oh, even treat lie. Treat yourself. Yeah, right? <laughs> this whole thing about holding space for yourself, holding space for the students, how has your journey impacted your ability to see what people need? Um, well, something I've been getting better at is just reading the room. And it's been pretty fun um, just because I teach at both the Get Zen Redmond Ridge location and Eastgate mostly. So, and I have been teaching at all different times. So first step is where am I teaching? What time am I teaching? I always ask my students if they want a little bit heavier on the balancing or a little bit heavier on the stretching. When it's days where people want to stretch, it tends to be the evening. They've had a long day. I teach 4.30 Fridays, so that's usually the crowd that's like, yes, please keep me in pigeon for five minutes. <laughs> I just want to be there. And then Saturday morning, 9 a.m., people are like, give me a longer balancing series. I love it. So that's been my first if so you're I can, checking them in at the desk saying yeah, how Yeah, checking them in at the desk. And then because with? at Get Zen, we do not do physical adjustments. So okay. I try to just walk around yeah. and, and take a peek at where everyone's at. And I'll often like at Redmond Ridge, to be honest, I keep it at one set of dancer. Because if I do two sets, they will rage. Okay, <laughs> they will read the room. I love it. You've and got the sense of what folks are wanting when you check yeah. them in. And then you're able to see and respond in real time. Yeah, that's that's been my biggest thing that I've been trying to learn in the past couple of months. Because when I first got out of teacher training, I was ready to teach all levels all the time in real time. But I was so focused on, okay, what comes after this? <laughs> when do I cue breathing? <laughs> that was what I was worried about and focusing on rather in the beginning. And now I feel like I can get to know my students. And then over time, I think it'll just come really naturally to the point where it'll all just be an effortless yeah. like yeah. Um, experience. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm proud of you. And I know you're going to get to that point. Thank I know you. it. So to finish... You know, um, I would love to have you speak to the heart of somebody who's maybe peeking their face in this window, you know, mm -hmm. got their little nose pressed up to this bakery of ours. You know, someone who's maybe getting ready to raise their hand and say, my turn. Right. What do you think they're feeling? What could be holding them back? And what would you say? I feel like... If it's something, even if you're like me and you just want to deepen your own practice, not just your yoga practice, but I feel like it's, you learn how to be a little bit more yourself, a little bit more human, a little bit more authentic, no matter what, that will be beneficial for you. And if along the way you want to, you realize that you want to teach, then I think, and which I think you will, because in this program specifically, you teach so much that you realize you can do it. I feel like if if you've been considering being on the path, then I think that you're already part of the way there. I think you've already started. And you don't even, like, I hate when people say I'm not good at yoga, so I shouldn't go into teacher training or I shouldn't go on this path. It's like you don't have to be good, good at it, quote unquote, showing up and being there for yourself and meditating, even if you don't have a, an asana practice, if you meditate, you're doing part of the work that it, it means to be a yogi. 
You don't have to do everything perfectly. All you have to do is try and have an intention. And then I think you can do anything that you set your mind to. That's, That's the deal. We say you don't have to be great to start. But you have to start to be great. Yeah. High five. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, Audrey, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting. I'm I know very happy to be of, here. <laughs> I know a lot of students really love you and look up to you. And I hope that this has been a little bit of time that they could spend with you and, and with your light. Anything that you'd like to leave them with in this moment? Um, I guess my biggest tip is try as much as you can. Because I have learned the most by going to more classes. Um, Taking as many classes as I can has made me the best teacher possible. So I've been taking it slow in terms of teaching. I try to teach only a few times a week. I'm not over 10 or anything so that I can give myself that time to practice. Good, good. Yeah, there's a saying where we just really want folks to understand that being consistent, just, you know, like you said, showing up for class because class is taking place, mm-hmm. not because you feel wonderful, not because you ate perfectly, not because nothing hurts, <laughs> not because you're happy. You show up because your mat won't judge you. Your teacher won't judge you. The students, trust me, they will not judge you. Yeah. Everyone's just <laughs> thinking about their hair. <laughs> but that we would love to help you out. We're not here to push you around or make you feel silly or, you know, make you do something that's not healthy for your particular practice. Totally. We're here to help you honor the body that brought you to class. And we're so grateful for the opportunity. Just create some space for you. Yeah. Yay. Well, gosh, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the podcast. The session for the B1 Yoga um fall weekends kicks off September 14. And I hope that we can bring you in, Audrey. I would love to. Come and lecture, come and practice, come and teach a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's just exciting to have met you. And no matter where our journeys take uh, take us, I'm always going to have a piece of you with me. Every time I put my bracelets on, every time Mm -hmm. that I really feel like I'm stopping and being an authentic person, you know, you... You come to mind. I watched Breakfast at Tiffany's yesterday. You did. <laughs> you told me your mother named you after Audrey Hepburn. Mm. And I just, like, I thought of you the whole time. Is there a favorite moment in that movie for you? Just outside eating, drinking coffee with yeah. a little with a little doggy yeah. bag. It's right? just classic. Right? And I did that when I was in New York. I was like... <laughs> oh, you must. Yeah, I was like, we have to go get coffee and go oh my breakfast God, you at must. Tiffany's. <laughs> and like you said, ritual. Mm-hmm. Ritual, order, and ceremony exactly. to start the day. And even though she was technically ending her day, <laughs> it was the ritual. And when she said, when I have that feeling, the mean reds, the only thing that calms me down is I go right there. Mm-hmm. And the way that I know your students feel when they take your class, the only thing that calms me down is when I'm on my mat, Audrey is helping me out. And I get to listen to my breath, I get to slow down, and I get to remember how grateful I really am for my blessing. All right. Well, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your day and get onto your mat soon. Yes. And please visit our website. You can see uh, the links to all the podcasts, to the book we wrote for the program called Teaching Yoga. 
a side hustle to save the world. It really is. It, it really <laughs> is. So enjoy your life, friends. We can help a little bit if you just let us try. Reach out anytime at openupyogatiti.com. High five, Audrey. High five. <laughs> Namaste, everyone. Namaste. <laughs>